Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Neil Thompson Speaks, where we talk to people who broke free of the corporate world shackles to start their own business. I'm your host, Neil Thompson, official corporate shackle breaker. You can find this podcast on my website, neilthompsonspeaks.com. You can also find it on iTunes or Stitcher. Please subscribe and share. Clinton Young is an energetic and powerful professional speaker. International business consulting with giants like Amazon and Microsoft. Been there. Training entrepreneurs. Done that. Motivational speaking? Check. Ultimately, though, his personal mission in life is to move people into inspired action, empowering them to unlock their unique potential to thrive. I'm interested in chatting with Clinton about where his love of speaking and connecting with people came from, where his speaking is taking him, and where he'd like to go with it next. Be prepared to be inspired. Let's bring him in now. Clinton, welcome to Neil Thompson Speaks. Hello, Neil. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's great to be here. Absolutely. So, first question. I mentioned in the intro that you are a professional speaker. Where did this love of speaking come from? You know, it's interesting. I, When I went to grad school several years ago, uh, I felt this very large urge to just grow. And the natural place where I started to grow was getting up in front of groups of people. I didn't know that I was going to love speaking. In fact, I was sort of petrified by it. But I started to do that, and I started to notice that there was a reaction in others when I was speaking that was very positive. And fast forward several years from there when I became an entrepreneur, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about at some point here, my mentor was grooming me. And I remember one day like it was yesterday, we're sitting outside of this conference room and we're getting ready to go into this meeting and just picture this and I'm getting ready to go in. He's usually delivering the presentation. There's about 20 people sitting around, around the conference table and in the back there's chairs. And right as we're starting to walk into the room, he turns around, throws me the clicker and says, Clinton, you're on. And he walked in the room. So I walked in and kind of trembled my way through the first couple minutes. But after that day, I was absolutely hooked on speaking. And from there, I've had the fortunate opportunity to speak to over 20,000 people all over the world. And every single time I do it, still a little bit nervous just about every time, but it's, it's the thing that really lights me up. You know, I, I, at least I've heard this from other people that are professional speakers. Anytime they go on a stage, no matter if it's their first speech or, as you say, your 20,000th speech, there's always a bit of, of nerves there. And I think the reason for that is if, if there wasn't, then it kind of shows that you don't care so much about what you're about to do. So, you know, being nervous about it at least a little bit just shows that you're, well, it shows that you're human and it shows that you care. 
Absolutely, Neil. And it's, it's interesting. One of my mentors shared, shared with me a while back, and I, I usually say this just about every time I get on stage, I say, I'm about to do something of significance. Because you always, I'm all, I always feel that feeling. And it's, it's the, the key is to transmute that, that anxiety, that, that kind of fear into positive energy, into passion, into excitement to make a difference. So I couldn't agree more. Yeah, ab- absolutely. You know, uh, one issue I think a lot of people that want to start their own businesses come across is just like you mentioned is fear. There's, you know, mm. for from a lot of people, they have a job, they maybe have an idea of starting something else, you know, outside of that job, maybe another business. But the idea of leaving that job and having to do all the things that entrepreneurs have to do is, is can be kind of, uh, you know, scary. So in your experience, how do you, if you had to, if did you have to deal with that fear? And if so, how'd you get past it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Neil, I, I left my first corporate role back in, I believe it was 2006. And there was definite fear without a doubt. There's that fear is always going to be there. And the, the thing that I would like to leave with your listeners really is it's really important when we're looking at becoming an entrepreneur to really look at what is, what do we think that's going to be like? Um, Why is it that we want to become an entrepreneur? Because most people think that an entrepreneur is something that's going to give them a bunch of time freedom and a bunch of money and just, you know, it's sugar plums and cherry blossoms. But when it really comes down to it, in my opinion, being an entrepreneur is actually more challenging than having a job. That doesn't mean that it's not worth it. It just means that we've got to go into things with eyes wide open and really look at what is our true motivation. You see, when I was working in uh, corporate America, I had a role as the West Coast account manager for an international consulting firm out here in uh, up in Orange County, actually, California. And I just knew that I was in a role that was not suited for my unique gifts and talents. Now, I didn't have the level of distinction that I have now around my, my strengths and my weaknesses and really what puts me in flow, but I knew that what I was doing was not giving me life. It drained me every single day. I had to manage spreadsheets. I did get to speak a little bit, um, but I primarily was managing accounts, working with big companies like Microsoft and Amazon and Cisco out here. And what I was doing, what, the reason why I became an entrepreneur is I was moving away from, and Tony Robbins says this, we only ever move away from pain or move towards pleasure. And it got so bad in this role. I was so miserable in this role in corporate America that I was looking for anything. And the, the picture of entrepreneurship that I had was I would have more time freedom. Now, since then, what I've actually recognized in becoming an entrepreneur is you don't really necessarily have time freedom. You actually end up working usually more as an entrepreneur, but what you do have is time flexibility, and that is definitely a powerful thing. So what I would, what I would like to share with, with your listeners is it's, it's so important to really get down to the root of what is it that we want, um, and because quite honestly, um, in my most recent role, because I have, I have stepped in and out of uh, having a job and then have, being an entrepreneur and having a business, uh, but I've always done it in the last five or so years for very purposeful reasons. 
I didn't have a job just because I wanted a job. I had a job because I knew there was something that I could learn inside of that job. And I learned of this concept called entrepreneurship with an I. And this is the thing I want to leave, leave your readers or your listeners. There's an opportunity for us to have some of the things that we think entrepreneurship is going to bring us inside of the comfy confines of a stable, structured environment called a company or a corporation. So one of the pieces of advice that I'd give is if you know that you want to do something different than what you're currently doing in your corporate America job and you think it's entrepreneurship, just take a step back and take a look and and really look at what is it that you want to do because there's an opportunity to potentially get closer to what it is that you want inside of, like I said, the comfy confines of having that stable, structured job without taking all the risk of becoming an entrepreneur. Now, I'm certainly not trying to dissuade anyone from becoming an entrepreneur. I just want people to learn from perhaps my mistakes and and some other folks that that sometimes think entrepreneurship is is the definitive answer. Um, And it isn't always the case. Entrepreneurship is for certain types of people, um, and you can get a lot of what there is to have as an entrepreneur, like I said, as an entrepreneur. So let me just go into that really quickly here. Entrepreneurship is working for a company that is very entrepreneurial-minded, that not only gives you the opportunity to, but requires you to think like an entrepreneur. And it gives you that opportunity to uh, really be immersed in your role and own it as if it was your own business. So that gives you a lot of that autonomy that sometimes we seek as employees and we think we're going to get as an entrepreneur. We can get that as an intrapreneur inside of these types of companies that have these opportunities. And it definitely is a way to get that time flexibility, to get that opportunity to earn more income, to get that opportunity to be a, a larger contribution in an enterprise, which I believe we all are generally looking for either more money, more time flexibility, or more alignment with our unique gifts and talents. And we can get that as entrepreneurs. So that is a way to sort of usurp the fear of becoming an entrepreneur is to just consider becoming an entrepreneur. Probably not the answer you were looking for there or expecting, but I, I wanted to share that from my unique experience that I've had recently. I think it'd be really helpful for the listeners to get an example of entrepreneurship that you have lived in, in your own life. I know you mentioned in yeah. entrepreneurship, you have the opportunity to work at, at entrepreneurially within a corporation. Do you have an example of that? Absolutely, Neil. Thank you for asking that question. That's a really, really great question. So, um, most recently, I, I'm, a, I'm currently a speaker. I speak, like I said, had an opportunity to speak all over the world. I speak to colleges. I speak to entrepreneur groups. And I also speak for a, a very large client, and it's called Fortune Builders. It's a, a real estate coaching company. And I also speak for several other uh, entrepreneur groups like RealFlow, which is a real estate technology company, and several others around the U.S., And the example I'll give you is when I first started working with fortune builders, I actually came on as an employee. And I came on because I had experience as uh, my my degree, I have a psychology degree in in undergrad, and then I have a master's degree in organizational psychology. So that's like the study of 
basically, it's like the psychology of business, a, a really simplified version of what that means. And I had experiences in big business Fortune 100 companies, as well as building my own sales and marketing companies, as well as real estate investing. So I'd been an entrepreneur, uh, I'd been a speaker, I'd been a trainer, and I'd have that corporate America and academic experience. And they knew that I could come in, um, and I'd also been a headhunter, which plays into this as well, because they hired me as a director of talent acquisition. This is a company that, um, I won't say the, the revenue numbers because they're a, a private company, but um, they had about 50 employees at the time. And literally, uh, the CEO threw me a credit card and say, Clinton, said, Clinton, build me a recruiting department. It was me. I was the only one. Now, I knew because I've always been, for the last 10 years since I've become an entrepreneur, I've always been very immersed in personal growth and development. And a huge part of personal growth and development is really understanding my own strengths, weaknesses, what puts me in the flow. And over the last several years, I've really started to discover on this, on this personal kind of self-discovery process that I've been going through, what really puts me in the flow. Because I know that when I'm in my flow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the most fulfilled, A, which I want all of your listeners to have an absolute feeling of fulfillment, and I'm going to provide the most value to my enterprise, whether that's my own company or whether that's a company that I'm working for. So when I took on this role, I sat with the CEO and I said, you know, yes, I do have experience recruiting. I do have experience hiring. I do have experience in, in, in this exact industry, real estate coaching um, and speaking, et cetera. And I know for a fact that I'm not your HR guy. <laughs> I said that from day one. It kind of makes me want to throw up in my mouth. Excuse my, my uh, um, expression there. But uh, he said, okay, that's fine. But I know that you can get something out of this role. So I took it on. All right. I took it on. And it was an opportunity to work directly with the founders of the company at a very high level. And I had the opportunity to really grow this culture. It's a very unique culture in this company. It's kind of like a Google or like an Apple right, or like a Zappos, where it's very, very entrepreneurial-minded. Um, a lot of uh, the, the people in the company, like I said, that they hire are people that they know they can give an idea, give a little bit of structure, and just say go, and that person's going to be self-motivated. They're going to immerse themselves in growth and learning, and they're going to take on that role as if it was their own. So that's exactly what I did. I took on that role. I built out a very simple system. I ended up hiring over 200 millennials over 18 months. It's a very young company. And it was an amazing experience. It was like grad school for entrepreneurs. And I eventually hired my replacement, trained up my team. And since then, that team has then grown uh, and really expanded that department to a whole other level. And what it allowed me to do is, A, to prove myself to this company that you can give me a task and I can own it like I'm an entrepreneur. But I don't have as much of the fear and as much of the, um, the risk that I had in the previous five to seven years when I was an entrepreneur, when really it was all up to me. The buck stopped with me. I had their funding to help me build this. Now, granted, I, I kept it on a, on a shoestring budget, but still it wasn't my money. It wasn't my risk. It was their risk. So that was the element of entrepreneurship where I had the opportunity to take on this role. And most, here's the most important part. 
I didn't just do it just to do it and make more money or, you know, make myself look good. I did it so that I could get closer and closer to my flow. And, and I know I keep using that term, and I'll describe that in a sec if you'd like. But I, got, I kept going more and more in the direction of my flow and got more and more aligned with my natural gifts and talents, my natural flow. That allowed me to provide more value to them. And my next role they gave me was an opportunity to further express myself as a speaker, which, again, is more in my, in my lane and it allowed me to add even more value. And that's what I've been doing over the last few years is I speak every month at least once or twice to thousands of students all across the U.S. And it's allowed me to still become, be that entrepreneur um, and allow, allow me to have more time flexibility to also build my speaking practice outside of this big client that I work with. Hmm. You did mention that the flow you said you did mention quite a number of times flow in the flow. I'm sure people are wondering what flow means, but is it? I <laughs> mentioned is it? Does it mean gifts and talents? Or? Yeah, it, it kind of does. So, so uh, I've I've met a uh, a mentor about eight years ago in entrepreneurship. He's out of Bali. His name is Roger Hamilton, and he introduced me to this concept called flow. And flow is our natural path. It's our natural path of least resistance. Okay, it's my belief that we're all on this planet for a reason. We all have a purpose. And when we access our flow, this path of natural, um, natural path of least resistance, it allows us, again, to be the most fulfilled and add the most value. And ultimately, it has led me to my purpose, which, as you know, is to inspire the world, inspire specifically millennials to awaken to their greatness and empower them to unlock their unique potential to thrive. So when we're in our flow, Neil, you can probably think of uh, sports. A lot of people think of sports when somebody's just absolutely in the zone and they just can't miss. They are in the flow. Time either flies by or it stands still. It has the ability to distort time. You've probably heard a sports analogy with a baseball player when Barry Bonds was just locked in back in the day, and he said the ball just looked like a beach ball coming at me. 100 miles an hour, but it looked like a beach ball. I could see every single thread on that baseball. So it slowed down that time. He's in the flow. Also, when you're doing something and time flies by, that is when you're in the flow. This can be sports. This can be things that you do in your career, which is what we're obviously talking about now. Um, it can be a lot of different things in our lives, and there's a lot of different types of flow, but the one that I'm specifically talking about is when it gives you life, it gives you energy. And you know that when you're in your career and you're doing something. Like for me, sitting behind a computer looking at spreadsheets, which is what I had to do to analyze these sales trends, it made me want to run out into traffic, right? That was not my flow. But when you got me out in front of people, and said, Clinton, go connect with these 10 people and build a relationship, that's where I could do that all day, and it gives me energy. It gives me life. So that's my natural flow. So there's an opportunity for all of us to get more clarity around what puts us in our natural flow. Where do we feel the most fulfilled? And therefore, where do we add the most value to an enterprise? And when we start to have that level of distinction and the level of awareness, Neil, that gives us a whole new lens through which to see the world, 
through which to see opportunities and allows us to make more informed choices, especially when we're talking about serious choices like, do I want to quit my job or become an entrepreneur or do I want to become an entrepreneur? So that's a little bit about flow. You had mentioned that when you started at Fortune Builders that you were tasked with building the recruiting department. But it sounds yes. like building that, report, that department wasn't necessarily part of your flow. It's, it's speaking and inspiring millennials part of the flow. Did you see taking yeah. that job, uh, that job, building the recruiting department as a stepping stone to finding your flow? Yes, absolutely. And here's how. No matter when we start to understand our flow, we start to look at opportunities in a certain way and we start to see new ways to add value to that opportunity. So here's what I mean when I say that. As the head of recruiting, how did I do that? Of course, I had to build out the systems, which was not part of my flow necessarily. I did it. And it's important to know that when we do distinguish our flow, and there's an actual assessment we can take to discover our flow, um, we don't want to pigeonhole ourselves and say, oh, well, I can't do that because that's not in my flow. That is not what I'm saying at all. Um, but it just allows us, it informs us, basically. We can do all things in all different areas. But if we give it you know, enough time and enough focus, but what I saw there was a way to become a director of talent acquisitions and use my ability to go out and speak. So I would, that's where I started to speak at colleges for the first time, actually, Neil. So I went out and I spoke at colleges. And I, what did I speak about? I spoke about recruiting. I spoke about landing your dream career. My talk is called Live Courageously to Land Your Dream Career. So I deliver that talk. Uh, that's where I first started delivering that talk. And I started delivering various modules around uh, you know, building rapport and the application and, and, and resume writing and, and interview process and all that, I just did it from my, where I would add the most value. I did it from that angle. So I definitely saw that as a stepping stone. Excellent. Either as an entrepreneur or as an entrepreneur, what has been the biggest mistake that you've made so far in your career? Hmm, biggest mistake that I've made so far as an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur. I would say this is the biggest mistake I've ever made. I don't like to recreate this very often, but I will, I will do it here. I've always been somebody who has followed my intuition. What I mean by that is when we have a certain feeling or thought about something and we just know that it's right, and I've had this throughout my entire life, when I was in grad school, I knew that I was going to go overseas. I had no idea how it was going to happen. The how doesn't matter. When we are inspired about something and we are absolutely clear that it is done, like we have absolute belief and faith that it's already done, all we need to do is take action, right? And when we take action, things just start to magically materialize in front of our eyes. Relationships, opportunities start to arise. So I'd always been somebody that followed my intuition. Now, when I became an entrepreneur, uh, the first thing I did was sales and marketing. It was very successful. It was my first six-figure uh, years as an entrepreneur um, and really or as an entrepreneur. That was the first time I'd ever made six figures. And I remember like it was yesterday, there was an opportunity for me to get into real estate. And what I did was, I ended up buying a property before I truly understood what I was doing. 
and I took all the shortcuts, all the mistakes. And yes, it allowed me for the short term to earn more money in my sales and marketing business because I had quote unquote perceived credibility because I had made a real estate investment purchase. However, it was definitely not a good investment. So the biggest mistake that I made there, and I didn't realize this, Neil, until several years, years later when, you know, we had the real estate crash and I had some challenging times. And I recognized that for the last few years, I had been in this absolute funk. Like I felt like I could not um, really trust my intuition anymore. I, I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do and what I recognized was I thought that my intuition had failed me in allowing me to buy that real estate. I thought my intuition had failed me, and I had lived my life so much in trusting my intuition that I was in this sort of quagmire, in this void. And when I recognized, it wasn't until I recognized that it wasn't actually my intuition that failed me. It was me that failed my intuition. I remembered back, I had this vision back to the day I moved forward with that deal. And I remembered having this little voice say, this is not the right thing, or this isn't quite right, or this person I'm working with isn't super ethical. Like I, there was something I missed. I looked the other way because I, I looked and I saw the easier path. And that was the biggest mistake I ever, ever made was not trusting my intuition. And it put me through that whole cycle of me not trusting it. But now I am absolutely back, trusting my intuition, following my flow. And my, my mission out there, I've already shared my vision, um, but my mission is really to operate. It, it's the law of Dharma. It's operating in service to others inside of my greatest gifts and our unique flow. That is our highest expression of self. Wow, this, all, this, this sounds really great, Quentin. Well, you mentioned all these different things that you've done, the entrepreneurship, the entrepreneurship. You mentioned flow. Where do you see your flow taking you? I see my, my flow taking me to speaking in very, very large stadiums. That's my vision for myself. I have a vision board. I'm sure your listeners, some of them know what a vision board is, where we put the things out there that we want to have in our lives, and we visualize it, and we feel it. And I have this vision of being in this stadium. And I went to a concert recently at SDSU, the Viejas Arena. And I took a picture and I did a little Photoshop and put my, my picture on the Jumbotron and me on the stage. And, and that's what I'm looking at um, pretty much on a daily basis because that's where I know I'm in the most flow when I'm on my feet, when I'm giving to others, being in service to others, and I'm speaking from stage inspiring others to awaken to their greatness and really empowering them to unlock their unique potential to thrive. So I want to do that all around the world. Um, I had an amazing opportunity to speak in England a few times this past year. My goal is to speak more all across the world, primarily to that millennial generation and specifically college students. I really am passionate about helping young people at that very pivotal age where they're going to go out and make that choice. What am I going to do? Am I going to become an entrepreneur? Am I going to become an employee? Most of them don't know what entrepreneur is. I want to get that movement out there so our young people really are able to discover who they are. 
find their flow and make their best choice for themselves. So they don't wake up in five years hating their life, hating their job like I did when I got out of school. Absolutely. So for the listeners out there, look out for Clinton Young at a large stadium near you. Clinton, thank you so much for being on the podcast. How can people find you? People can find me by going to my website, clintonayoung.com. And if they'd like, they can also get a free e-guide that explains flow and it introduces them to their flow. And we could follow up in the future as well to talk more about if they like, they can find me at clintonayoung.com forward slash find your flow. And that's for your listeners here at Neil Speaks, Neil Thompson Speaks. Thank you so much, Neil. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. Again, thanks. Thanks, Clinton. And we'll turn it over now. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay, everybody. Well, it is the, this marks the end of another episode of Neil Thompson Speaks. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about me and Neil Thompson Speaks, please visit neilthompsonspeaks.com. Again, I'd like to thank Clinton Young for being on the podcast. You can find out more about him at clintonayoung.com, C-L-I-N. T-O-N-A-Y-O-U-N-G.com. And regarding me, you can find out more about me on my social media platforms. In addition to my website, there's Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. There are links from my website to those social media platforms. There's also a link to this podcast episode on my website as well. Until next time, please, take care.